Glory to God. You know, I am so thankful to be here. It's such an honor and such a privilege to be here to see a bunch of faithful people that came expecting, came believing God, came expecting to hear something. You know, utterance is so greatly affected by the hearers. That's you guys. It's not all dependent on me. It's not dependent on what I know or what I can say or even what I don't say because the Lord can fill in the blanks and say things that I didn't say. Uh, I've always been amazed at His ability to do that and so thankful for it. So I believe I've got a word from heaven tonight. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about being here. And uh, you get a hold of this, it'll change your life. title of tonight's message is Three Words to Victory. Amen. Three Words to Victory. Anybody excited about getting some victory in your life? This is going to be real practical, real easy. And uh, subtitled, Hear and Do. That's your three words, Hear and Do. Uh, I know that sounds simple. But that's the way God is. If you get a hold of this, it will change your life. Um, and you might say, you know, uh, I've already got a good life. God's not done. There's, there's more to it. He keeps, tell, he keeps telling me that. He's not done. And he's got increase on his mind. But I'll tell you what, before we, uh, before we open the Word, I'd like to pray and uh, release our faith together as a family, as a faith family. And uh, you all on the Internet, hook up with us. We uh, turn to the pages you turn. We say the confession. You say it, stay hooked with us, and the same Holy Ghost is right there that's in this place, and we're so thankful for it. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the awesome privilege of being in this great place to hear your wonderful word. We thank you, Lord, for anointing. We thank you, Lord, for utterance. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your word, Lord. And as we hear your word, Lord, we intend in our heart to do it, and as we do, we know we'll be blessed. Help us, Lord, to receive all the good things that you have for us, all the instruction you have for us, all the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Got your Bibles? Please turn to John chapter 8. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, I've always wanted to say that. Our ushers are standing by to hand you out a Bible. You can use one of ours. Mo says you can use one of mine. i got three up here. But we want you to see it's important to let your eyes rest on the verses, rest on the pages, to look at this in your own Bible. We'll be looking at a number of translations tonight. It helps me to see it in more place than one. John chapter 8, and the first one we're going to be looking at is in the King James, uh, verse 28. You've got a red letter version. You'll notice this is red. This is Jesus talking. And this will be our text tonight. In verse 28, And Jesus said unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am He, and that I do, circle that word, I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak those things. Circle the word speak. The word speak and the word do, they're tied together. Verse 29, And He that sent me is with me, and the Father has not left me alone. For I always do those things that please Him. That's Jesus talking. I always do those things that please Him. Verse 30, as He spake these words, many believed on Him. And then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, if you continue in My Word, if you keep doing My Word, then you are My disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Who's our example? Jesus is. You know, I know that's easy. I know that's simple. But I didn't always know that. 
Jesus was free because he was a consistent doer. He was always in the Word, always meditating the Word, always speaking the Word, always acting on the Word, doing the Word. And because of that, he set the ultimate example of, I mean, such such power he walked in, such victory he walked in, such revelation he walked in, always had the answer, and freedom, free from the world system. Um, notice this here in 28. When the sun be lifted up, you shall know that I am he and that I do, I do, nothing of myself. But the Father has taught me, I speak these things. So you see doing and speaking tied together. And uh, you can write that down if you're taking notes. A lot of times speaking is doing. A lot of times where the Word of God is concerned, and this you got to check your heart in these areas, there's different ways of, of doing the Word. But a lot of times the Word that God's having you do is say it. Is say what He said, and that's what Jesus is talking about here. The results come also from being consistent in the Word, from being in the Word, from speaking the Word, not one time in a row, not once every six months, but keep saying what He's saying. So I'm going to have us say something you all are very familiar with, but I'm going to add a little bit to it. And I'm really believing, God, before the evening's over, this will mean more to you than it has before. And, and as the Lord shows us and as the time goes, it, it, will, it will increase in you. So everybody say this with me. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Everything He tells me is for my good. And I always do those things that please Him. All right, if you got a hold of that, that was worth coming for right there. If you got a hold of everything that's in there, because, I mean, that is, that is so big. It was worth the trip to come just to get that. Amen. And don't, don't let yourself, don't let yourself be deceived. Don't tell yourself, man, I've known this for years. I've heard Brother Moore say that a hundred times. No, 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 no. Get something new out of it. There's more to it. It's living word. It's living revelation. There's things here that you haven't got. I, there's things here I haven't got. I know more about this. I mean, when the Lord first dealt with me on this, uh, I was like, no, that's not it. It's something else. <laughs> that's too easy. It's something else. But but it's not. Call yourself. I'll give you three parts. A, call yourself, and this was this confession, I'm a doer, I'm a doer, I'm a doer. Call yourself a doer. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's important what you say about yourself. It's important what you speak about yourself. It's important how you think about yourself. Call yourself a doer. Think of yourself as a doer. Now, some of you may have to renew your mind a little bit to do this. I know I do, still. But call yourself a doer. Second, recognize God as a loving Father. Recognize that He is so kind. He is so faithful. He is so pure. He is so good. Everything He tells you is for your good. Now, we can all nod our heads. We can all say amen. We can all agree with that. But now think about it. Everything he tells you is for your good. Has he ever told you something that messed with your head, that messed with your mind? Did he ever tell you something that didn't make sense? Happens to me a lot. Doesn't mean you can't do it. Doesn't mean you won't get results from doing it. But recognize that he's love and everything he tells you is for your good. The third part, continually say about yourself and to yourself and through the day, I always do those things that please him. When I first read this, I read this in red letter, and I said, that's Jesus. Man, he always pleased God. Wow, that's cool. And that's about as far as that went. (laughs) But 
He is the example. We're to imitate Him. We're His kids. We're supposed to be like Him. We're supposed to speak like Him, act like Him, talk like Him, think like Him, renew our minds to think like He thinks. Say what He says. That's what we're supposed to be. And we're supposed to say that about ourselves. I mean, and it'll, it'll mess with your head when you first start saying this. If you've not done this before, you know, you say it over yourself. I continually do those things that please Him. I always do the things that please God. I know when we say this in children's church, they look at me and they go, huh? Not last week. And see, that's condemnation from the enemy. I mean, even if it's not exactly always been someone that say it in faith. And the more you say it, the more you put your faith on it, the more it'll be. Maybe example. Um, my mother's here tonight, so I can say this. Um, when I was young, one of the things she taught me as a young boy, and, and, and really it was an example she would say things over me. And one of the things she said over me constantly is, Ricky's a good boy. Man, he wouldn't do anything bad. If there's a bad choice and a good choice, he's going to make the good choice. He's not going to mess up. He's a good kid. And she said that. And I used to think, um, what's a nice way to say that? I used to think she, she wasn't real smart and didn't know <laughs> what I was really like. <laughs> And at the same time, I, you know, I knew some other kids. Uh, one of them I'm thinking of real, real in particular. And they constantly spoke over him the opposite. He's a bad kid. If there's two good choices and only two, he'll find the third choice that's the bad one. He always messes up. He never does what's right. Anybody wonder how he turned out? And, and the point is, it's important what you say about yourself. It's important what you say about others. It's important what you speak over yourself. Faith comes by hearing, and you'll hear what you say. Okay? And that's what she was saying over me. Ricky's a good boy, man. He's, he's always doing the right thing. So I'd be out doing the wrong thing with my buddies that were the wrong buddies, and I would be acting like them. And God is so merciful. I was saved in an early year. And the Holy Spirit would deal with me. And I'd be something, doing something I know I shouldn't be doing. And I'd hear this still small voice go, what you doing? <laughs> and, you, and you try to put it off like, what was that? Was that? That wasn't God. What was that? I, I didn't hear that. And I'd hear it again. What you doing? And then I'd hear mom. Ricky's a good boy. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> boy, that'll mess with you. That'll mess with you. And, uh, you know, it wasn't true for a lot of years, and it has become so. Amen. Because she didn't give up, and she knew some things that I didn't know. Amen. And kept saying the good thing over me, and it changed my life. Because somebody believed in me, somebody thought about me, somebody cared about me, somebody cared to say the good thing about me when it didn't look like the good thing, and refused to believe anything but that. So it's important... Uh, it's important that we say this over ourselves. It's important we say it over our family. It's important we, we say it over our kids. What faith calls those things to be not as though they were. Don't, don't just be, I mean, I was trained in the world. I just call it like I see it. <laughs> well, that'll get you in trouble. <laughs> you know, that's the same thing as I, you know, I used to say things. And when the Lord first started dealing with me about my words, I was bad about sticking my foot in my mouth. And I'd say something to somebody, and the Lord said, you ought to apologize. And I'd say, you know... I'm sorry, I just said the first thing that popped into my head. And that is a sorry apology because you shouldn't be saying the first thing that popped into your head. And that was the problem with it. So it's important what you're thinking on. It's important what you're saying. It's important what your confession is over your own life. 
as, uh, as well as it is over, over other people as well. Um, talking about this being simple, um, three words to victory, being a doer of the Word of God. I've always wanted to drink this water. Oh. That was good. You know how many times I've looked at that and thought, wow. Uh, God's good to me. Um, simplicity of the word. When I uh, was young, I listened to Brother Hagin some and enjoyed the teaching and reverenced the man of God. And I was told some things about him. I mean, hey, this man has walked with God longer than you've been alive. And he knows. And you should hook up and you should listen to his stuff. So I got some of his stuff to listen to and put on the tape. And I'm expecting this deep, big, huge revelation from God. Anybody know what he taught on? He taught on the love of God. And he taught on faith. Time after time, year after year, decade after decade, simple. I kept waiting for the big thing. And that's what he taught. And that is the big thing. And then came uh, Brother Copeland. And I heard some of the things, same things about Brother Copeland. Man, he's been ministering longer than you've been alive. You ought to check this guy out. I mean, he is dialed in, hooked up, tuned in to the Word of God. And he knows the latest and greatest things about the Bible. If you listen to him, you'll learn something. And so I'm expecting this big, huge, deep <laughs> revelation. You might know what Brother Copeland teaches on? Faith and love, right? So, (laughs) not difficult. It was easy. Easy stuff. God's so good to us. God doesn't make it hard. He said, uh, what did Jesus say? My uh, yoke is easy. My burden's light. Hard and difficult's the enemy. God's not difficult. And then come Brother Moore. And Brother Moore had, uh, I heard so many neat things about him, been trained by some of the best. Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland, some others, been around some really neat people. And, and knew this word. And uh, anybody know what the three main things Brother Moore teaches on in this church? <laughs> you got it. He teaches on the love of God. He teaches on faith. And he teaches on how to be led of the Holy Spirit. Same thing we teach our, our kids. And uh, that's as deep as it gets around here, which is good. The, uh, the first part, the love of God, is kind of twofold. Um, first recognizing that God is good, God is love. Everything He tells me is for my good. Everything He tells me, doesn't matter if you understand it, doesn't matter if you know how it works. Everything He tells me is for my good. The first commandment of love, and God loved us so much that He gave Jesus. And of course, the second part of love, there's always God's part, there's our part. The second part is that we love as He did. We love one another. Love, what's the chief expression of love? It's giving, right? For God so loved that He gave. And, you know, sometimes, uh, a lot of times, it's it's more important and it's more um, demanding of yourself to give of yourself and not just money and stuff. I mean, sometimes it gets easy to give away stuff and things, but give of your time. Give of yourself. Jesus spent time with people. Jesus took time to love on people. That's the New Testament commandment. It's the number one thing. Faith works by love. Without love, faith doesn't work. And, and understand when we divine these up, we, we do it for study. We, we do it to look at them. You know, uh, Brother Dave and I was talking about this earlier. We divide them up to study them, but they all come right back together. It's all the same bunch of scriptures, the same 
word, the same faith, the same thing from God, and it all works right back together. The, uh, the second thing, well, we love him by loving others, by giving. You, you give to God by giving to others. Jesus said, you've done it the least of these, my children. You have done it unto me. And we love him by obeying his word. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. You obey my word, you do my word. Second thing is faith. Faith is so important. This is a faith church, right? I used to think that was not a a good word, but I've learned different. It's all over the the word. Faith is a victory that overcomes the world. It's impossible to please God without faith. Why? Because he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God is so much love. He's so much a giver. He wants to give you, and faith is one of the vehicles, actually the primary vehicle that he uses. So you can't please God without it because you can't be blessed and receive all the stuff that he has for you without operating in faith, without walking in faith. And how's faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. A um, couple phrases I like if you, you write notes, you can write this down. No word, no faith. You've got to have the Word of God to have any faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. Another thing, since we're talking about doing the Word, acting on the Word, no doing, no results. Sounds a little harsh, but it's very true. It's about, about time we heard that. No doing, no results. Faith begins where the will of God's known. And, of course, the will of God is it's the Word of God. It's real simple. It's not difficult. Now, there's, there's three parts to faith. Part number one, faith comes by hearing. Hearing is the first part of faith. Now, hearing doesn't mean that you have to believe. Hearing means you got the opportunity to believe. When you hear, you have the opportunity to decide, I believe this or I don't believe this. So that's the first part of faith. Second part, hearing is the first part. Second part is believing. Okay? Choosing to trust Him. Choosing to cling to His Word. Choosing to rely upon Him. Believing is that second part. And it helps when you know him as a person. It's, it's easier to trust. I mean, I know I talk about the word a lot, but remember the word's him. And in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. So you're trusting in a person. The more you know him, man, the easier it is to trust him. I, I had a hard time trusting God in the beginning because I didn't know. I didn't know. And if you really want to know what he's like, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, First of Acts, you look at Jesus and you see how kind he is and you see how good he is and you see how patient he is. And you don't see him telling people no to prayer request. That's right. I don't care what you heard. All the answers in him are yes and amen. His word, the answers to his words, always yes. And he was always good. He was always kind. He was always helping, helping people and healing and doing good. The third part of faith is doing. That's what we're talking about tonight. Doing the Word, acting on the Word, speaking the Word, responding to the Word. I like the way Brother Moore says it, yielding to Him, saying yes to Him, saying yes to the Word. The the third thing that we teach on at this church, and you hear this in the main services, you hear this in the children's services, but how to be led of the Holy Spirit, one of my favorite subjects in the entire Word of God. Um, I like to call it how to hear from God. Um, it'll change your life. Whatever problem you got, you know, it's been said the answer to a thousand one questions is to hear from him. Whatever problem you got, picture this. How about if you could set your alarm clock 8 o'clock tomorrow, get up, sit down at the table, have a cup of coffee with Jesus, 
five-minute conversation? What would that change? What could you ask? Any question. Any question at all. And he'd answer. Now, I see by the look on your face, it's, it's as near to you as it is to me. But you know what? It's that real. He said, I'm closer to bro- than you than the brother. I'll stick with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's that close, guys. When the revelation gets that strong, you can have the cup of coffee with him, get all your questions answered. That's the place we're heading. That's the place we're heading. Because he wants that. He wants us to know his word. He wants us to hear the word with the intent of acting on the word, of doing the word. Because he knows the doing is going to produce the results. I mean, if you just hear it and you don't do anything with it, then you get no results. You just nod your head and you agree. And <laughs> You know, it, it took me a while. You know, you get thinking. I, I, I came out of some tradition and had to relearn a whole bunch of things. And I got thinking, over here in Word of Faith, don't have no tradition. Wrong. And it took me a while to figure out, because a few years ago, I would have argued this with you. I thought that, and maybe you guys thought this too, but I thought if you listen to enough tapes, I mean the Word of God's medicine, there's healing in the Word, it's life, it's alive, it's sharp, it's quick, it's powerful. If you listen to enough tapes, you have to get it. No, not true, not true, not true. You can listen to every tape. You can sit here in the service on any of the rows, and when the teaching's going forth, you can go, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, amen, that's good, that's good. After the service, hey, 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 did you hear that? It's good. We got to get the tape. We got to get the tape. We got to get it. Listen to it 15 times. Make copies of it. Give it to all your friends. It's a great tape. It was good. I agree with everything on it. Make notes on it. Write pages. Nice, neat columns and Roman numerals and outlines and red letters and gold letters and green stars. <laughs> Put your notebook. What's lacking? you got to do it. There's some point that you've got to sit down and change, and that's the uncomfortable part for the flesh is the change, because we, we tend to be creatures of habit. We tend to just want to do things the same, the same, the same, and not change, and it'll tend to sneak up on you if you get complacent. But it's important that we look at it and, and ask ourselves every time we're hearing, is this new? Is this something I know? Is this something I don't know? Is this something I need to re-know? Is this something I could know better? It's just every one of those every time. And as it is, you make the changes, you make the adjustments, you make the corrections to position yourself to do it and to hear what he said and to do what he said. That's what brings the results. Turn to John, just a couple pages over. John chapter 10. We'll look at this in the King James first. Glory to God. It's just water. John chapter 10. You know, I was talking about the subject of of hearing from God. And what a neat topic. A good friend of mine, um, when we first started visiting about the Word and got hooked up in the Word, gave him a tape series on hearing from God. Changed his life. It was a foreign thought (laughs) that you could actually hear from God. I wasn't brought up that way. Um, matter of fact, when I first started hanging around Dave, I thought Dave was really weird because he, uh, 
he always would say, well, God told me and God said something. And I thought, that's weird. Because he never said nothing to me that I was aware of. That was my fault. But he's all the time talking. The question is, are we listening? Are we, are we doing it? Are we responding to what he's saying? He, he's, he's saying something to us. If we'll just take the time to listen to him and to listen to what he's telling us. And that whole thing of hearing from God, um, man, that'll, that'll change your life. It'll change your life. I like the way Brother Moore said, because I was really confused about it. When I first heard of that, I thought of two things. I thought of thundering at Mount Sion, and I thought of writing on the wall, and it really wasn't either one of those. And then I heard Brother Moore talk about it. I don't mean I heard an audio voice. And I said, thank you. <laughs> I haven't totally missed it, because <laughs> I haven't heard an audible voice. But I've sure enough heard from God. And... Uh, it's that inward witness. It's that you know. And then you figure out, I've been hearing from him for years and I didn't know it. He was the one that said, what are you thinking about? What are you doing? Quit that. That was him. <laughs> and it was for my good. It wasn't so that I wouldn't have fun. It was for my good. Just like your kids. I mean, you love your kids. You're good parents. You tell them things that will bless them and help them, but they got to do it. And that's why you tell them, because you want the best for them. You guys in John? John 10, 27. Uh, Jill, this will be the King James first. My sheep hear my voice. This is Jesus talking, and he's talking about us. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. My Father that gave them me is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. I and my Father are one. What an awesome verse. That's something that uh, you talk about hearing from God. Something that will help you is saying what He said. Don't let that be a foreign thought. I always do those things that please Him. I always do those things that please Him. I'm his sheep. I hear his voice. I hear it loud. I hear it clear. I don't miss it. See, it's supposed to be normal to hear from God. You should be able to hear from your parents. You should be able to hear from Dad. It should be normal. It should get to the point for the believer that it's so real that it's really hard to hear from the devil. He's, he's on the outside. He's looking in. He's at the window. and Can't hear. And God whispers. And I go, huh? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. It should be that real to the believer. Jesus said this as a normal thing. And he said it to us, my sheep know my voice. They hear me. They'll not follow another. They'll follow me. Let's look at that in uh, the New Living Translation. I've got it here. Jill, you can put that up on the board and we'll, we'll see it up there too. The same verses. Starting in 25, Jesus replied, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. Proof is what I do in the name of the Father. But you don't believe me because you're not of my flock. In verse 27, my sheep, it's talking about us, recognize my voice. I know them, they follow me. It's real simple. They recognize my voice, they do what I say. I say, come, they show up. I say stop, they stop. I say turn, they turn. I say left, they go left. They do what I say. And everything he tells us for our good.
Verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Hang on to that. They will never perish. No one will snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. So no one can take them from me. I and my Father are one. Remember I said earlier that Jesus and the Father, they're just alike. They think just alike. They look just alike. If you want to know what God's like, you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You see what the Lord Jesus did, and you know what the Father's like. He never changes. Whether you're looking at this, and we're going to look at some Old Testament, some New Testament, wherever you're looking at it, it never changes. He's always the same, and he's always consistent. And he desires for us to hear his voice. He wants us to hear it. It should be a normal part for the believer for us to hear it. You know, what's one of the things that's so important to me about this is I know who I'm talking to. Uh, Faith Life family members, people that are hooked with us, partners, More Life Ministries, people on the Internet. Man, you've been hearing some good word. I mean, I, I hope you all appreciate the quality of what you're hearing. It's awesome. It's awesome. God's so good to us. And this is the place that He's hooked us up as a family. And I'm thankful to be here. So what's important as you hear this, I mean, you're getting a steady stream of the good stuff. It's important that you don't get complacent, that, that you don't let yourself get hardened, but you act on what you're hearing, that you purpose in your heart to make the change, you purpose in your heart to do it, to act on it, to act on what you're hearing. And you're constantly asking yourself, what's he telling me to do? Well, that's your key to victory right there. What is he telling me to do? Because everything he tells me is for my good. And if he tells me to do it and I do it, it works. Jesus never said something to the disciples and, and, and had to come back a day later and go, you know, I thought that'd work. Let's try something else. Never happened. Because he's always right. He always knows the end from the beginning. And everything he tells us is for a good... Let me give you an example. Vision Sunday's coming up February 5th. You all familiar about that? Okay. That, you know, one of the reasons that's so near to my heart changed my life changed my life. I mean, the first year, we took it, and it was kind of, am I telling this right? We're kind of like halfway on the way to church, hurry up, his vision Sunday, write down something on the way in the car. <laughs> now, if y'all did that, just, you know, just look straight ahead. But that's kind of where we started. We didn't take it serious enough. And God is so merciful. Man, that's kind of where I was. And God's faithful, and he blessed us and helped us and was kind to us. And the next year, we got a little more serious about it. And, and we wrote some things out, and we took a little bit of time with it. And, uh, and God did so much. And, and the next year, man, the list started getting bigger. And I was pleased with it until I heard some of Brother Moore's list. <laughs> I need to expand and, and grow and make things a little bit bigger. And, you know, one of the things the Lord's impressed upon me, and I've seen this time after time with our vision list uh, this year particularly, we've had so many mark-offs, we need to sit down and mark a bunch of stuff that's already happened that we have not had time to mark off. And um, I had one thing in particular. I had a, a ring come in that I was believing God for. And it's kind of interesting. I don't know what's going on in the family, but I've had one. How many of you had? You've had several rings. Elise has had at least one. Jacob's got several. And I was ready to mark it off. I got something on the list. I want to mark it off. And the Lord keeps saying, no, I'm not done. Okay, I'll leave it on there. So the ring's still on there, even though I've got quite a few right now. 
Same thing happened with the watch. Uh, same thing happened um, with buildings and lands. Yeah, I'll talk more about that Sunday, but uh, you know, I like what Brother Moore says because I'm sitting there saying it, saying it, saying it, going, saying it. And he says, if you don't quit saying that, it'll happen. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> He's right. He's right. But, but that's something God's told us to do, the vision list. I mean, you get instruction from the pulpit every week of something specific to do. And, and what will make the change in the results isn't taking the notes, and that's great. And it's not listening to the tape, and don't get me wrong, I love tapes. It's great. It's wonderful. But it's putting it into practice. It's doing it. It's, it's responding to it, and it's making a change. And the change is usually not comfortable. And your flesh likes to do the same thing over and over and over and, and not think about it and just kind of keep doing the same thing. So ask yourself tonight throughout the week, you know, as you're hearing the messages, what's he saying to me? He's talking to everybody in here. I mean, I know most of you all get to hear my stuff most weeks, but he's talking to you too. And, and if you'll listen with that intent, in heart, uh, and purpose to do, he will give you very specific instruction that will change your life. You know, I, I love the stories that, that Brother Hagen told and Brother Moore tells. Um, I'll kind of tell them myself a little bit. The story about uh, the cow. You guys heard the story about the cow? I, I wondered, uh, I'd heard Brother Moore recently tell this for, I don't know how many times I've heard it a lot. And I kept wondering, why is he telling that story? And he talks about the brown cow that eats green grass and produces white milk. And you turn the milk and you make yellow butter. And it really didn't make a whole lot of sense. But all the time while it didn't make sense, he was enjoying the, the milk and enjoying the butter. And about the 50th time I heard that story, it just went off. And I thought, oh, 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 I got it, I got it. You don't have to understand it to do it. <laughs> you guys might have been that slow. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd listen to the story so much, I could tell you the story. But I still hadn't got it. And there's more in the story than you've got yet, too. So keep listening. You, you, uh, you don't have to understand everything to do it. It's so important. You know, in hearing from God, he won't tell you everything. I mean, I was the analytical type of person that liked the five-year plan that's all planned out, mapped out, month by month, week by week. Anybody else like that here? You're going to have to change with me. Because God will tell you, son, go left. And, and you say, why? And you, you know what you hear? <laughs> Nothing. And, and you get obedient and you go left. And he'll say, go through that door. And I'll go, wonder what's behind that door. And you hear? Nothing. And you open up the door and you'll get further instruction as you go. And you do not have to understand it to do it. You'll get the same results if you'll just do it and, and not question. It's, um, oh, I'm up on the screen. That's cool. It's, it's an issue of trust. <laughs> You'd have to stand here to understand. Glory <laughs> to God. It's an issue of trusting what he says. You know, once you get to that point that you understand that he is so good, he's so cool, he's so kind, he'd never tell me anything that hurts me, it's easy to understand. It, it's easy to follow him at that point without understanding, without knowing, without having to see the whole thing broke down, lined out, and, and, and just, to, just to follow him. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing, and results come from doing. And consistency of doing, doing the same thing. And we're talking about being doers of his love. 
doers of his faith, doers of what the Holy Spirit tells us. You know, we just separate these out to study. Here's another one. How many of y'all been reading your chapters? See, just because he's not here tonight don't mean you don't get to hear that. <laughs> We've been reading ours. And there's so many good things in that. Um, where are we at? We're 1 Timothy 5 was today, right? And 6 is Monday. That's instruction for you. Okay? If, if you're not doing that, I would encourage you to do that. There's blessing in it. I'm amazed at how... You know, you're reading this thing, and wow, there's a question I've had for, I'm not going to say how many years, but there's the answer. You know, and it's right there just from reading that chapter. And again, it's a simple thing. It's not a hard thing. It's not a difficult thing. It's read a chapter. And that's something we all do here at Faith Life Church. Um, let me tell you another reason. This is, this is so near to me. I'll tell you a little bit. Uh, I've, I've had a bit of a testimony. We're trying to figure out how to write some of it down. And I've shared some of it with some of the people that know me, but a lot of you uh, haven't heard. When uh, this church started uh, March 31st, 2002, Easter Sunday, uh, one of the most wonderful days of my life, as we were believing for Brother Moore, to, well, actually we were believing for a pastor, and he showed up, and wow, I couldn't have handpicked somebody better. And what a privilege it is to be here. On that very same day, my, my job in the grocery career uh, ended. Uh, they closed the store. It wasn't my fault, and uh, they left the whole state of <laughs> left the whole state of Missouri. And uh, for the first time in my life, I was without a job the same day the church started. So when you hear Brother Moore talk about people that started from zero and came up, he was talking about me. He didn't have a job, and God's been so good to us. One of the first uh, that first few weeks, we didn't have a job, and God would have us do things. Most of it didn't make a lot of sense to me. He had me do some volunteer work. Uh, I did a little bit of volunteer work here at the church. Um, And just little things. Didn't get a lot of instruction, but just little things he had me do. One of the things he had me do um, was um, one of the Sundays when Miss Phyllis was teaching. Um, This was the first time I'd ever heard her teach. And uh, you all got to hear my stuff that day because God had told me. He pointed somebody out in the crowd that I didn't know, which wasn't a surprise because I didn't know anybody. We'd only been here for very few weeks. And he said, I want you to give that lady some money. Now, I don't have a job at this time. And I don't have a big, fat bank account, and my bank account's doing this. And you can only do that for so long. And my wife watches the bank account. So I didn't have to. It was easier for me to believe. I wasn't looking at it. And the Lord pointed somebody out and said, I want you to give her some money. And I argued with God for two hours. I said, I don't know her. (laughs) And the Lord said, I know her. I like her. (laughs) And uh, and then he told me what he said for clothes. I said, she's dressed better than me. And that didn't work either. (laughs) And so that whole message Miss Phyllis taught on was giving to others and being kind and being a blessing on purpose. And, I, and the whole thing, and finally, uh, at, the, at the end of the service, um, I said, okay, Lord, here's the deal. Uh, if this is you, I'll tell Lisa and she won't pass out in the floor. <laughs> so I looked over at my wife. I said, sweetheart, I said, you got the checkbook? She said, uh-huh. I said, I want you to make me out a check. She said, okay. <laughs> and she said, how much? And I told her, and I'm not going to tell you, but it was for me a bunch of money. And uh, she said, okay. And she writes the checks. 
And uh, she said, who's it go to? I said, I don't know. <laughs> and she said, why are we writing a check? I, and I pointed at the lady. I said, figure out her name. It goes to her. <laughs> so she wrote the check out, real obedient, real kind, real sweet. And uh, the Lord told me at that time a little more instruction. So he didn't tell me the whole thing. He told me as we went. He said, you can't give her the check. I said, why? He said, she's a woman. You go up and give a woman a check that you don't know in the church. Have your wife do it. <laughs> so I sat there in the chair and, uh, and smiled. And Lisa got the check and looked her up after the service. And I got to watch from a distance. And I could see from a distance that they'd never met. And Lisa hands her the money. And the next thing I know, they're hugging and they're crying. I'm going, yeah, that was God. I heard from God. And I tell you that because the results of where we're at started with seeds. And it was things that didn't make sense to me. I need money. I I didn't feel like I needed to give it away. I was tithing. It's easy to tithe and not make anything. (laughs) But, (laughs) But he had me go above and sow a seed and give something. And it was an act of doing. It was an act of obedience. And, and if I'd have missed it there, I wouldn't be here. If, I mean, it was a little thing. I look at it now. It was a really big thing at the time. And now it's, it's not such a big thing. But the results of it has been tremendous. I give him all the glory. You know, um, our business is doing really, really well. I have a business now. Actually, I have two. And the Lord's getting ready to open a third channel up for us. And he's blessed us tremendously um, we had a transaction here happen recently where the banker came up to me same folks that wouldn't loan me money and said can we help you with this I said no we got it covered he said really I'll loan you money that was a weird feeling not to need it and it was either weirder for them to offer it <laughs> didn't used to work that way and it started with a seed and it started with some obedience and it started with volunteering and just daily doing little things that God told me to do that didn't make a whole lot of sense but I did them anyway and that's kind of why I'm excited about this. And he's not done. He's not done. And I give all the glory to him. You know, I heard, uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. The phrase, it's more blessed to give than receive. I used to hear that and I grinned so big because I thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> it really is. I'm really starting to enjoy having some ability. And, and God has increased us and prospered us and blessed us where we can do some things. And it, and it really is fun. Um, and it's not all about me. It's, it's really about him. And God's got more on his mind than just one person. He's got a world vision of lots of people on his mind. You know what testimonies are? Does anybody know what testimonies are? We do testimonies all the time in the church. Testimonies are results of somebody that did the word. Yeah. You think about that. Every time you, you hear Miss Phyllis, Miss Kim, up here with a testimony, it's a result of somebody that put into practice what he said, and it always works. That's how you can tell they got the testimony. They, they must have heard from God. So it wasn't all that weird to start with, and they must have done what he said because it always works. Results of doing the word is always, always, always good. You guys ready to get into some more scriptures? Bigger pulpit. Turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. We'll look at the King James Version first, Ephesians 5. All 
Our primary example of doing the words Jesus, Jesus set the example, set the precedence, showed us how, showed us it could be done, showed us how to do it. That's what we're to be is to like Him. In Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And in the very next verse in 2 says, Walk in love as Christ has also loved us, given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Simple instruction from the Father to act like Jesus, to talk like Him, to yield to Him, to obey Him, to respond to Him, to follow Him. What did He say to the disciples when He called them? Follow me. Do what I do. Respond to me. Act like me. Talk like Him. Be like Him. Let's look at that same verse in uh, the New Living. I like it. It's... uh, Sometimes the New Living has been called the children's version. It's real simple. I use it a lot in children's class, and it's helped me understand a lot of the King James English. Verse uh, number 1, Ephesians 5, Follow God's example in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love for others, following the example of Christ who loved you and gave Himself a sacrifice to take away your sins. And God was pleased because the sacrifice was like a sweet perfume to him. Real simple instructions. Let's go to, uh, turn with me please to James chapter 1. There's a couple of verses I want to look at in James. I'm going to read this out of the King James to start with. James 1. Starting in 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Don't know about you, but that keeps me busy most of the day. (laughs) For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of the, and naughtiness. And receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but be ye doers of the word, not just hearers, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding himself his face in the mirror. For he behold himself and go his way and straightway forget what manner of man he was. But looking unto the perfect law of liberty and continuing therein, being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Pretty simple instruction. It's, it's telling us to look into the perfect law of liberty. Look into the mirror of God's word. See what God says about you. God says you hear his voice. What are you saying? God says you're a doer. What are you saying? He says you follow him. What are you saying? He says you're healed. What do you say about yourself? He says you're prosperous. He wasn't looking at your bank account when he said it. It's true nevertheless. You say it and that's what you'll get. It's being like Him. It's looking in the Word, seeing what He said about us, and making the changes and the adjustments to talk like Him, act like Him, respond to Him, yield to Him, follow Him, believe like Him, think like Him. It'll change your thinking. And it'll change your life as you do it. We'll look at the same verse in um, the New Living. It's interesting. In the New Living, it's subtitled, Listening and Doing. Imagine that. Verse 19. Dear friends, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Your anger can never make things right in God's sight. 
So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives. Humbly expect, accept the message God has planted in your hearts for is strong enough to save your souls. Remember, it's a message to obey. What are we talking about? We're talking about doing. We're talking about obeying. It's a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. For if you just listen and don't obey, it's like looking at your face in the mirror, but doing nothing to improve, improve your looks, your appearance. <laughs> Y'all look good tonight. Y'all must have looked in the mirror and fixed your hair. <laughs> Verse 24, you see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you keep looking, underline that if you don't have it, keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Remember I said earlier there's always two parts. There's our part, which is hearing, believing, acting, responding to. His part's the hard stuff. He does all the hard stuff. Our part's easy. Here in James, go ahead and look in uh, chapter 2. It says almost the same thing, a little different way. James chapter 2, verse 14. And we're going to be looking through 17. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man says he had faith and have not works, can his faith save him? Or another translation says, can faith without works save him? And the answer is no. Fifteen, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you saying to them, depart, be at peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. I want to read that out of the New Living because it's really interesting out of there. Verse 14, 2.14. Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? What kind of faith? That kind of faith can't save anyone. Suppose you see a brother or sister who needs food or clothing, you say, well, goodbye, God bless. Stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give them any food. You don't give them any clothing. What good does that do? You see, it isn't enough just to have faith. Faith that doesn't show itself by good deeds is no faith at all. It's dead and it's useless. It's kind of to the point. You know, something I want to mention just because we keep saying works, um, it's not... I want you to look at works as following his instruction, doing what he says. It's not a works mentality. You understand what I'm saying? It's not you doing it. You're, you're just agreeing with him. He's doing all the Matter of fact, your, your works is following his instruction, doing what he says, receiving what he did. It's his grace. That's all it is. It's, he always does his part. Let's look at this in the New Testament. Go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 11.
I'm going to read quite a bit of this. I'll start in verse 13. Deuteronomy 11, starting with verse 13. And it shall come to pass if ye shall hearken diligently. Now that word hearken in the King James means here with the intent to do. Okay? It shall come to pass if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments which I command you this day. To love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. But I will give you the rain of the land in due season, the first rain, the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in the corn, the wine, the oil. And I will send grass in the fields for thy cattle that thou mayst eat and be full. Take heed to yourselves that you, that your heart be not deceived and you turn around aside and serve other gods and worship them. Verse 17, and the Lord's wrath be kindled against you and he shut up the heaven and there be no rain that the land yield not her fruit lest you perish quickly off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Verse 18, therefore you shall lay up these my words. His instructions. It says to lay them up in your heart and in your soul. Bind them for a sign around your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. In other words, keep the word in front of your face. Verse 19, you shall teach them to your children, speaking to them, or speaking of them, when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou rise up. Verse 20, and thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of your house and upon thy gates. Now notice this is one of my favorite verses in all Deuteronomy 21. That, the, that your days be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Anybody remember uh, the Lord's Prayer of Matthew? I will be done on earth as in heaven. Same thing here. Verse 22, For if you shall diligently keep all the commandments which I command you to do them, Circle that word, do them. To love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to cleave unto Him, to stick by Him. Then will the Lord drive out all the nations before you. You shall possess greater nations, mightier than yourselves. Every place upon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness in Lebanon, from the river at the Euphrates, to the othermost sea coast. There shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon as he has said unto you. And here's my other favorite part, verse 26. Behold, this is God talking to us. I set before you this day blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of God this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of God. Some really good stuff in there. The talk is about the days of heaven on earth. Let's look at it in another place. It shows up in Deuteronomy in two places. It's in uh, chapter 32. Almost the same thing. Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting in verse 14. But the word is nigh thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. That's the word in two places, in your mouth and your heart. Verse 15, see I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. It's God talking to us. He's given us a choice. 
And that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, there's that again, love, to walk in his ways, that's doing, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments. Why? That you may live and multiply. And that the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land where thou goest to possess it. But if thy heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, thou shalt be drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. I denounce to you this day, you shall surely perish. And that you shall not prolong your days in the land whether thou passest over the Jordan to go to possess it. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thy seed may live. And thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and thou mayest obey his voice or do his word, and thou mayest cleave to him. I think the Amplified says cling to, believe, trust in, rely upon. For he is thy life and thy length of days, and thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. God is, it's, you know, I tell the kids this as we teach the children a lot, and uh, God is so easy with things. It's an open book test. He gives you the answer in advance. He, he tells, I, I picture it like this. Here's God, and he said, okay, we've got blessing, and we got cursing, we got life and good, we got death, pain, and evil. Pick one. The right one is the blessing. The right one is doing what he said because everything he said is for my good, and that's what he longs to do to us is to do good for us. Go to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Loving instructions from a good God, a kind God that wants nothing to help us and to bless us, to do us good, wants to see us successful, wants to see us enjoy life, wants to see us enjoy good things, good health, good peace, prosperity, feeling good, living free, not bound up by chains of the world, not operating in the ways of the world, but operating in the freedom that God gives us all. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. Now, you know, it's talking also, um, I don't want this to sound difficult because, you know, I get looking at do, to do the things that I command you. What's God tell the New Testament believer? Love, walk in faith, right? It's simple. I know it's a full-time job, but it's, it's, it's a couple of real simple things. And it's as simple as what's he telling you to do? What's, what's he, God's very specific. God's very, very intimate and wants to help you. What's he telling you to do? That's, that's as simple as it is in following him. So don't, don't make that part difficult. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Now I understand he was talking to Joshua here, and this was right after the death of Moses, and Joshua was getting ready to be God's man and, and take over and, and help and do what God has him do. And, and the Lord's encouraging him, but this God hadn't changed. This is, this is to us just as much as it was Joshua. So continuing in verse 6, we're going to be going through 9. Be strong and be of good courage. Notice how the Lord said that. He didn't say, try not to be afraid. He said to be strong. And evidently, if he told us to be strong, we can be. Okay? Be strong, be of good courage. For unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear to their fathers to give to them. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou may observe to do. Circle that word. Thou may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever thou goest. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to do good. Verse 8, that the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that's written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then shalt thou have good success. Have I not commanded you? He's repeating himself. Be strong. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. Loving instructions from a good father. Let's look at it in the New Testament. Turn to, uh, turn to Colossians chapter 3, if you will. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 15 through 17. I'm going to read this verse out of the King James. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which ye were called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let peace rule and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and to the Father by Him. Let me read that out of the New Living, the same verses. Colossians 3, verse 15. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. These are instructions. These are things for us to get a hold of and us to act on and do. Verse 16, let the words of Christ and all the richness live in your hearts make you wise. Use His words to teach and counsel others, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatsoever you do or you say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus all the while giving thanks through Him, to God the Father. In other words, let the peace rule in your heart. How are we doing on time? You okay? It's not midnight yet, right? Let's go to Philippians. There's another one in Philippians that's real neat. Chapter 4. We're just looking at instructions. There's, there's many of these all through the Word. This is one of my favorite. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The Word actually tells us what we're supposed to be thinking about. Chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. 
Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Who wrote, who wrote Philippians? Anybody know? Apostle Paul did, right? And he's saying, it's kind of interesting because he's following the Lord. Paul's not a prideful man. He's a humble man. But he's speaking by direction of the Holy Spirit. And he's telling us that the things you see in me do, you do. And you see, I'm following God and you follow me and you'll be all right. And the God of peace will be with you. So you ask yourself, what am I supposed to do? What am I thinking on? What am I dwelling on? Let's go to the financial arena. The bills. The bills, the bills. Man, a table full, mountain high, piled bills. What are we going to do with those bills? we got so many of them. I bow down and worship mighty bills. Thinking on the wrong thing. Not doing what he said. We've all done it. It's not just me. It's not just me. It's thinking not on the word. You're, you're thinking about the problem and not the solution. We're supposed to think about the solution. Same thing holds true in the area of healing, the pain. Man, I hurt. Man, I don't feel good. How do you feel? Ten miles of bad road I've had. I just don't feel good. And why am I saying this? Let the weak say what? I don't feel good. Let the weak say, man, you guys got to pray for me. I hurt. Let the weak say, a half a dozen weak devils just jumped on my back and I am struggling with it. Would you pray for me, please? See, we smile because we've all done this. We've all heard that same enemy and not did what it said in Philippians. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the guy that's not been doing the Word say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Let the person that was thinking a little bit wrong say, everything he tells me is for my good. And let the person that's been a little bit disobedient say, I always do those things that please him. It'll change the results of what you've been seeing when you start speaking over yourself that way. Jesus set the example for us um, with his family. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but in Luke 8, um, he was teaching and people came up to him and uh, they said, your mom's looking for you. And he said, who is my mother and brother but those that do the word of God? Jesus made the doer the distinguishing mark of the Christian. He set the example. The distinguishing factor of being in his family is being a doer of the Word. You know, it's uh, something I've thought about for years. It's not just about us. I remember a young man I was privileged to work with years ago uh, when I was still in the grocery store. And uh, we got to visit a little bit one day at lunch, and he didn't know me very well. And uh, we were talking, and somehow (laughs) the Lord was really helping me. The the topic of, of the Lord came up. And he was convinced that... uh, Everybody out there in the church and religion, they're all hypocrites. None of them do it. And he was really burnt out about it uh, and really discouraged about it because he didn't think... He, I don't guess he'd ever met anybody that really did the stuff. Um, and the more we talked about it, uh, we, 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 he was talking about those church folks. And it didn't take very long in the conversation. He figured out I was one. But... Thanks be to God, I'd grown to the point that I was doing some stuff and it, 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 it changed his thinking and messed with his mind. 
because uh, he'd not seen that. And that's supposed to be the normal. I mean, this is why it's so near to God's heart. People should be able to look at us and say, I see Jesus. People should be able to look at us and say, he's just like the Father. That's a foreign thought to some folks, but that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be his ambassadors, his witnesses, example. We're supposed to be like him, to act like him. And and as I got to work with him, you know, you know what the word says, the goodness of God brings men to repentance. He's born again, full of the Holy Ghost, saved, loves the Lord. And uh, he's not a hypocrite. <laughs> he loves the Lord. He's serious about it. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's the way it's supposed to be with us. We're supposed to be walking in this. Um, you know, back... Uh, you don't have to turn there, but we were talking about Joshua. I, uh, I don't know if you guys know it. I teach a children's church quite a bit, and it's such a privilege because, man, it, it makes such a difference in our lives. I know a thing that, uh, that I was taught when I was younger has helped me so much. And Brother Dave and I visited about one of the things he was taught when he was younger, that God is a good God. Well, that will change your life if you just get a hold of that. And uh, we asked the kids, why rules? Why can't we just do what we want to do? Because kids want to know. Why should we have any rules? And the reason is because, God, everything he tells you is for your good. It's, it's instruction. I mean, you'd have a plan in chaos if we didn't have rules. You, you really would. And the children, there's six things we teach them. Number one, love one another. Number two, pay attention. Number three, no talking while the teacher's talking. Number four, no touching or bothering your neighbor. Number five, which messages a lot of religious folks, have fun. <laughs> and number six, talk faith. That's what we teach them. They're rules of love. They're rules from God. The best classes are the most obedient kid classes, and they're not the ones where things are wild and chaotic and they get to do what they want. Because you find out with kids, even when they get to do what they want, uh, they don't feel loved. You know, my, my, my little girl, we went to a church one time, and we visited. And uh, we, we got out of there, and I didn't have a real good feeling about how things went. And I asked her, I said, how'd it go? And she was little when she said this. It shocked me that she said it. She said they didn't love me. I said, what do you mean? She said they set me in front of a television. Kids love to sit in front of televisions. Set me in front of a television and that was it and they didn't love me. We should love our kids. We should bless them. We should help them. We should give to them of our time and of our goodness. In closing, go to Romans chapter 10. Most everybody in here could quote this, but I'll remind you of something. How'd you get saved? Said it. One of the primary ways of doing the Word, speaking the Word, acting on the Word, saying the Word. Oftentimes, saying is the only necessary uh, action that the Lord will give you. But check your hearts. I'll give you instructions on it. Romans chapter 10, verse 6 through 10. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in their heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is, who to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend from the deep, that is, to bring Christ up again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That's the word in two places again. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse number 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Um, 
I'd like to have that same verse on the uh, Amplified Bible, if we could, up on the overhead. It reads really good out of there. Romans 10, starting with 6. But the righteousness based on faith, imputed by God and bringing right relationship with Him, says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead, as if we could be saved by our own works. Remember I told you it's not of works. Verse 8, but what does it say? The Word, God's message in Christ is near you. It's on your lips. It's in your heart. That's the Word, the message, the basis, and the object of faith which we preach. Because you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, adhere to, trust in, rely on the truth that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person adheres to, trusts in, relies upon Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. With the mouth confession declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. We encourage you to stir up yourself. Check your hearts. Ask yourself the question that only you can answer. What's he been telling me to do? If, if you went through a dry spell, you went through a quiet spell of not hearing from him, check what you didn't do a few months ago. Check what you didn't do a while back. And when you do that, you're, it'll clear up your hearing. But now don't, don't get in condemnation over it. Don't let yourself, don't let the devil beat you over the head. God loves you. Everything he tells you is for your good. Go to 1 John 1, 9, and, and, and you don't have to turn there, but, but, and just put it under the blood. I mean, just confess it. Lord, okay, I missed it. You know I missed it. It's not a shocking revelation to him. He knows you missed it. And forgive me. And with a sincere heart, just make the change. Make the adjustment to act on the word. It'll, it'll make you free. Um, I'd like to close with this. How many of you guys got kids in here? Kids and children and, and I'm talking, even big kids. Yeah, you got big kids. <laughs> even, even big kids. Um, stand on your feet. I want to do this. We're going to say this over our children. We've said this over ourselves before. But we're going to say this over our children. Y'all ready? All right, say this with me. My kids are doers. My kids are doers. They are doers. They are doers. They are doers of the Word of God. Everything God tells them is for their good. And my children always do those things that please Him. Glory to God. You all can sit down for a minute. Um, when I was a kid, because of my lack of understanding of the Word of God, um, I was uh, had a lot of doubts about whether I was saved or whether I wasn't saved. Um, I started reading some things in the Word, and uh, I thought, well, if you're saved, you shouldn't be messing up. And I messed up quite a bit. So what I'd like to do is, is uh, and this helped me out when I first, first started doing this. It really blessed me. But what I'd like to do as a group and as a family is uh, to reaffirm our faith. We're going to do that together. And, uh, and after we do, we'll, we'll be uh, dismissed. But uh, um, 
Everybody, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and stand up again. God's so good to us. Everything He tells us is for our good. He's so kind. He's so faithful. He's so true. Say this with me. Father God, I believe in You. I believe in Your Son, Jesus. That He died on the cross. That He paid the full price for all my sins. Every failure. Every mistake. You've raised Him from the dead. He's alive right now. King of kings, Lord of lords, soon to come again. Jesus, You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Because of what You've done, I am saved. Thank You for washing me. Setting me free. As You help me, I will serve You. I will follow You all my days. And I will love You by doing your word. Thank you, Jesus.